It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Fucked Up. Every time I talk to you, you're like, keep it a buck. And I'm like, like, it's fucked up. up. And you keep saying keep it a buck. But we're keeping it a buck. Exactly. We're keeping it a buck on Fucked Up. Welcome, Casey Durkin, to Bucked Up. Um, we are sponsored by Truly, because that's why we're starting a little late. <laughs> no, but What's welcome. Up? Thank this you. Is um, a great time to see you. I hadn't seen you over all of quarantine. I know. I've been inside for three months. This is like my first time being around people. Oh, really? Like, I forgot all social skills. <laughs> like, it's gonna be awkward. Forget how to talk. Forget. <laughs> I know. I spilled water all down my chest on the last <laughs> podcast. I know. I forgot how to it's, be. Yeah, exactly. Be, uh, social. Welcome. Thank you so much how, for having have, me. I really appreciate it. Of course. What have you been, how have you been keeping sane during quarantine? Well, I started off really strong. I uh, have a home gym, so I was working out, doing a lot of lifting, heavy weights, and then I got an injury. And well, my how, what'd you injure? I was doing like a huge deadlift with like, like I had it up to like, you know, 75 pounds. I was ripped. And then I, it slipped, you know, when you put it back in mm-hmm. and it slipped and oh. I went to, it was like a natural reaction and I went to catch it. So I was in bed for like three weeks, like the worst pain. So. No. And then yeah. I stayed in bed another three weeks because I got used to being in bed. <laughs> Just watching everything. Just watch. Yeah. I've watched everything yeah. on Netflix, everything. Uh, Have Prime. you, are you able to get out and do stuff again yeah now i'm back in the game now yeah it's been a couple weeks i'm back so. do you have a like a workout routine do you yeah i like to wake up and do a little run and then um i've been really into yoga too but pretty much i'm just a runner and lifting. a yoga yogi too i yeah. do it every single day and me too i actually just started like a whole new routine doing it do you home. do youtube videos or, or um i actually i'm working with a yoga instructor her name is nikki strosky shout out nikki she's one of the best and oh, yeah? she does it via zoom because before i was going to yoga class mm-hmm Spending a half hour to an hour, you know, going back and forth. And it's like, you could just do it at home. So if there's anything quarantine taught me, it's like, you don't, we don't need to do so much. No, that's <laughs> my gym was closed. And I, uh, I usually was running on the treadmill because oh, okay. it was, I'm a big guy. So running was hard, but now I, I'm doing it outside when my gym closed and I'm doing yoga with Sarah Beth on YouTube. She's, oh, okay. she's really good. And, uh, I do it a video every day of her nice. and, um, I meditate, and that's kind of me the too. I started getting into a meditation. Yeah, routine. I use a uh, Headspace as my okay. app. It's a it's a really good app. Awesome! No, I've heard of that before. I do um I do it with this like a kind of like a spiritual leader mm-hmm. via Zoom. They kind of teach you how to go through the motions. I have a meditation then... guru. He also <laughs> sold me crystals that healed my calf. Oh, cool! Yeah, I'm a real basic white girl. <laughs> I got a fat ass and everything. <laughs> I charge my crystals during full moons. I think they're really beneficial. Yeah, I actually am going to have Paul Zoino on, who's a special specialist in all um, crystals and oh, energy, cool. and I'm going to have him on the podcast in a couple weeks. Awesome. He's like a healer? Yeah, uh-huh. He also uh, sells me Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, word. You know what that means? Let me look at the list of what the codes are. Everybody love everybody. Tells <laughs> <laughs> you Bible pusher. Yeah, <laughs> no, but he um, that's pusher. I got I, I got into that. <laughs> I um, they're not I I don't really know a lot about crystals, but they're these cards, these power cards, and okay. nothing had helped. I had hurt my calf real bad. Mm-hmm. 
and I couldn't run. I had done yoga. I had worn sleeves. I had done all oh, that. Wow. And he had given me these power cards, and I put it on my calf in the sleeve, and it was the only thing that healed it. it was really? Yeah. Is it, what is it, like magnetic or something? Yeah, uh-huh. it's like a negative ion oh, charger. Okay. Yeah, whatever. People with arthritis use those kind of things, mm-hmm. those, with those bracelets. And I see. gave it to my mom, too, and it helped her because she has uh, bad knees. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Now that I've been in bed for like a month with an injury, thanks for telling me now, Sam. Have you, <laughs> I know. I should have gotten you on the podcast sooner. Uh, uh, did you keep like a, a like writing at all when you were hurt or no? Um, did you no, I did, I did do some writing and then the world started changing. So everything mm-hmm. that I had written and anything that I was doing before is not relevant or it seems disingenuous to be talking about some of this when stuff. When I do like, stand up Or I'll be canceled I, yeah. right away for talking about like I had some killer Kobe jokes. <laughs> can't tell those anymore but uh stuff like that that i don't know if it's gonna be relevant so it kind of yeah. took a break to kind of feel out the world and and now i'm back into writing doing a show next week so uh, wait, what's you? your show uh it's a show in rhode island uh this comedian marvin it's gonna be uh called i should have known that before i started plugging it that's all right that's all right <laughs> oh you know by the end i'll look at my phone of course we'll, pl- <laughs> we'll do plugs at the yeah, end we'll that's all right um that's i've gone back um to do stand-up i've uh-huh. been able to be on stage Tonight is going to be my seventh or eighth time back on stage, oh, wow. which is real nice. I um, Were you scared at first, like w- with the COVID? Or did you I try to it? take care of my immune system as much mm-hmm. as I can, and I do have a pretty healthy immune system. I take my vitamins. I work out every mm-hmm. day. I, uh, I try to keep safe with hand sanitizer and taking showers and stuff, but... Sounds I'm not, good. I'm not, like, if I'm going to catch it at the supermarket, I'm going to catch it at an open mic, I feel like. Huh. That's kind of, <laughs> yeah, you I know what eat, I mean? Yeah, you stand up. <laughs> it's, on, but that's kind of how I feel about it. And if I feel like if I take care of my immune system, hopefully I'll be okay. I just want to be on stage. But I have written some new jokes, but my old jokes, I don't feel good doing them. Right, like, I when don't I do my old jokes, I just am like... Ah, uh, it's so different. It's so like, different yeah. about dating. Like, how can that be relevant now? You can't even go out in public. Exactly, you know? yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot really of this stuff is not relevant. Do you feel like your writing's getting better post-quarantine, or is um, it... Well, I have been meditating, so I feel like the clarity is there, and mm-hmm. I've been working more, a little bit more storytelling, because a lot of my stuff is uh, more one-liners, and so I want to get, you know, kind of stream it with the storytelling, so it gave me a moment to kind of think of my whole life, which is kind of scary and you're a spirit <laughs> you're a spiritual person you're talking yes. about your meditation uh guru and your yoga yes. guru and your uh, yeah so do you do you use spirituality to help do you think it helps you with your success or is it a way to deal with your kind of inner thoughts um i think it's, it's well it's only been something i've been re- uh, rigorously practicing recently ever mm-hmm. since covid like before i kind of dabble in meditation but that's not Gonna yeah. give you the benefits. You gotta really do it all the time. Exactly. So I've been yeah. remembering a lot of stuff that I've been writing about because it gives you that clarity and that silence in your head. Where uh, when you come out of it, there's like so much creative energy. And there's a there's one practice that is just for um, one of the guys I work with. He is like a he's a big DJ. Mm-hmm. I don't work with. He just has like a Zoom thing. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. like you can watch. <laughs> and <laughs> so he's a performer. So he has like a special meditation that he takes you to to help your creative energy. Oh, there's nice. All different ones that can kind of cater to you and what you're trying to do and. There's another woman I'm working with right now, and she teaches you chanting like old school, like super old school, like the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> you chanting, know how they yeah. would do this? Hey, 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 like yeah, that exactly. Kind of, but that, like that's the, not... Yeah, I used to do that. I um, I was talking about pre-podcast that I studied theater, and uh-huh. um, 
in theater we would have specialists come in, like in classes oh, we'd cool. have specialists come in to teach us about chanting oh awesome and, uh, so you know about it exa- yes i do and that's kind of how i i didn't really take it as seriously when it was in class i feel right. like but now that it's some i'm getting more spiritual i feel like um, as a way to balance myself because I Absolutely. I feel like I get really like anxious and get intense really oh, me quick. Too. So the meditation helps me with that. Definitely, especially before I wish I knew or was practicing it more often when we were actually doing stand-up because you know you get those nerves and then you're like, exactly. oh, let me just get a shot of whiskey and kill it. And exactly. fuck, I forgot everything. Or why did I forget that punchline? And then, so I know that going back into stand-up, I'll be meditating before and doing my yoga. I was doing a little bit before you know, the last uh, year I've been doing stand-up since last September. And then I would kind of get into drinking before. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't exactly. work. It's, it, it kills the nerves, yes, but then you forget it. I've or been I, trying I to, like, stop drink. drinking mm-hmm. as much. I've had one drink every other week or once a week, and I never, I never really uh, enjoy it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like once you get out of it, you have to, like, get yourself back into it. Right. And I'm not really wanting to do that right now at all. No. It'll come when it comes. It'll probably once once I bomb enough on stage, I'll get back <laughs> yeah. into drinking. So I know I'm I'm not doing anything like I'm I'm just being you said, sober-ish. Yeah. You said <laughs> you were writing uh stories that you were remembering. Yeah. You um as a comedian, you you're very observational, but they're about personal topics. You don't do as many stories. No, I don't. But do you feel like coming back, you're going to be telling more stories? I or? think so, because I'm, I'm you know, remembering a lot more stuff, and I think it's a good way to stream. And I've, I have a pretty colorful life, that I've experienced a lot of things. And Colorful I think outfit, it, colorful life. <laughs> colorful life. I just feel like I was a little more, uh, maybe I was hesitant because I don't want to tell people too much. Maybe it's something I haven't dealt with. But mm-hmm. isn't that what comedy is when you get to the raw truth? and you can't exactly, hide behind yeah. anything. So I feel like I'm getting more comfortable with, with telling the story because there's a mantra at the end of it. There's a, a lesson to be learned from it. Exactly. And as long as you're further away from it, like I'm not going on getting fucked up now, but you, people will take you seriously if you come from a place of not getting fucked up with mm-hmm. stories from before. They'll want to work with you rather than like telling it as, exactly. as in real time. This like, is I just did an eight ball out <laughs> yesterday. It's not as good as maybe there's a lesson involved, but, you know? This is what a not to do. motherfucking self-help <laughs> podcast. <Yeah>. <laughs> and I would say a segue, if I ever heard one. To a, an intro to Casey. Did you wanna? Did you wanna play the clip that we have? <laughs> uh, we let's have wait. Wait. Okay. We'll wait a little we'll bit. Wait. We'll wait a little to bit. We'll, we'll, we'll wait a little bit because I, I, I do. I just have to segue something that's not self-help related, and then I'll get back into it. I love Griselda. They're Me like too. they're my favorite rappers. I think they have such a unique style and I sound. Do too. And I when you said you knew them, I couldn't believe it because no one that I know wears them. Of course, my friend them. just put me on to them yeah. recently. And they're, they're so amazing. Like, the way they tell the stories. And they're older, too, which a lot of these cats coming yeah. up now, they're really young. Like, what do you know when you're 20 years old? These guys are exactly. older, they're like 35 older, years old. And they're they great storytellers. The exactly. And it's like a good comedian. They're, they're so slow. Yeah. And they're rap- rappers who rap really fast. Uh-huh. Great, but w- they're so slow that you really know that they're rapping about stories because yep. you can s- tell it's real. And it's That's the same point. way. That's a good point. You can slow you down even on stage. Like, with stand up, I can tell that uh, stand up is good 
when they're slow. Like yeah, I man. step on my punchline so much. I stuttering prick. But you've always <laughs> been a, a rap. You're an EDM person, but you've, yeah, uh, you're I'm a old rap, school raver. rap fan too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's, you I'm said definitely. earlier in the podcast that you were at uh, P. Diddy music videos. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, that's how I got my start really was back in the day. I had a boyfriend that's really cool, Cuban cat. And he was in a certain line of business. We're not going to mention. And we would go to music videos. He was a good pool was, player. Yeah, he was a good. What's the code words up here? Well, you can just say he's a pool player. <laughs> he's a pool. He's a pool he's star. He's a good Christian boy. <laughs> good Christian. He sells boy. Bibles. Yeah, <laughs> no, different ones. Different ones. <laughs> and we would go to different music video sets because he was uh, friends with some directors, and we would smoke down a couple, you know, some some of the artists. And it was really fun because I was like his road dog. I would go to all his music videos. Probably yeah. This guy, uh, this director Benny Boom. Shout out Benny Boom. He would do Puff Daddy, Fifty Cent. Oh, uh, really? I met Snoop Dogg, so I would go in, and oh, hang out, and then when it was really cool. It was so cool to see too, and this was the height, like in the you know two thousands. And one time he needed a white schoolgirl for an exhibit video, <laughs> and he asked my boyfriend, he was like, "Do you think your girlfriend will will uh, be in this scene?" I kind of needed it. It was right during it was when he was shooting. He was like, "I think I need a schoolgirl right here. Can you?" put this outfit on and send his assistant to get a, go get a, uh, a schoolgirl <laughs> outfit. And so like that, I just did my first music video and I loved it. For Exhibit? It. Yeah, for Exhibit. That was what, my first. What song music. was it? It was Hey Now. Can you pull up Hey Now oh, by Exhibit? Oh, you can exhibit? see the clip. I think it's on. <laughs> we'll see the reel. So this is my first music video. Yeah. And then after that, it was it was on. Like Then I started doing a lot more music videos. Oh, who else were you doing music videos uh, for? I did Snoop Dogg. I did uh, Keisha Cole. I oh, did uh, Christina Aguilera, Mariah Carey. I was like one of the first white video hosts. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was amazing, man. I did but the, my favorite. Oh. <laughs> Wait, so you made it to Vegas. Give us the chicks. Give us the parties. This is the fast life, baby. <laughs> this is when you were hosting for Maxim? Yeah, I did a... Uh, for one of the hottest pool parties in Vegas, Bear at the Mirage. But there's one problem. It was so fun. We go to Vegas, interview party people. Like it was so That's fun. How did did that come through the music videos? No, that this was separate. Um, actually, I met I, one of the producers for Maxim. Uh, lives in my apartment, and oh, we really? we used to come home, and we it was kind of like a frat house, like. We would hang out in each other's rooms, like they're all studios. We would yeah. smoke each other out, drink beer. Yeah, yeah, we, so I got that through him because he saw me wasted, and he was like, "You'd be cool with camera," and I was like, "All right." And so I did it, and uh, he ended up pitching it to Maxim, and then I was their red carpet host. And my first interview was with Mark Wahlberg, and I, I bombed that, it. it was you so bombed with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> it was yeah. my first interview. Like you have to know so many technical things. Like these hosts go to schools, you know mm -hmm. they. they or learn they learn how to look at the camera. I was yeah. looking at the camera while I was talking the whole time, like, Mark, so where did you get your <laughs> It was just like technically bad, but yeah. it was really cool. To That's like I did uh, Kill Tony in the main room of the comedy store with Steve O, and I just oh. bombed. And no! they all, yeah, yeah. And it was like, not that though, it was just kind of like, ugh. Was it because you were new and green? Or yeah, it was yeah. the second well, time I oh, ever did Oh, come on, you yeah, can't yeah, be hard yeah. on yourself. Did you live in LA? No, I just oh. went out there for a week by myself, actually. Oh, cool. And, um, my the the comedy store is twenty one plus, uh -huh. and I was under twenty one when I went out there. So oh, my really mom young. bought me a fake ID. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so I could go out there and perform. <laughs> at, mom ever? Yeah, so I could perform mom. at the comedy store. Oh no way! That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, so I was able to you perform like with cool the fake parents. ID, and um, 
Tom Arnold was on stage. No and I was shit. There. Talk about nerves, right? <laughs> and he was, he was, I was in the audience at this point. This is when I was just watching one of the shows. And he go, looks at me and he goes, you're 21? And I go, yeah. And he goes, all right, sure you are. And then he goes <laughs> back to doing stand-up. And That's then he, a it was the only call. time I got called out for being underage at the comedy store was when Tom Arnold called me out. Oh my god, that's awesome! So you were just no living? Snitching. No snitching. No <laughs> snitching. I didn't mean. Oh yeah, no snitching. Tom Arnold we're snitched snitching. on me. <laughs> everybody love everybody. <laughs> so you were doing these music videos. Yes, that's how I started. Um, was in music videos, and then that's the thing about. When you're in Hollywood, I moved to LA to go to fashion school. I never moved in LA to do any of this. So mm-hmm. I went to design school. Then I went to fit them. And so I was with this guy at the time. So that's how mm-hmm. I kind of got a taste of it. And the I was like, Bible pusher. The Bible pusher. And so then um, I was like, this is, I want to do this more. And that's the thing about when you start getting into Hollywood, mm-hmm. it's never enough. It's like an insatiable beast. Like, I, yeah. I want to do this next show or this. It's, it's, you're always chasing that next part. And then you're spending all these days riding around your car through auditions wardrobe changes you're reading straight it's such a waste of time for the hundreds of auditions you go to when you get that one part so my heart was like never always in it I, I was designing too so but that's how I started and then um yeah that's how I started yeah so, so it wasn't and like I want to go to LA to you know right do but once you got into it you realized that it wasn't something you no, wanted to Sam, do yeah no. in fact was fashion your was fashion your passion? <laughs> my mom said that when she's talking. You know, fashion really is her passion. I'm like, mom, that's so corny. Don't say You're that. You're gonna get a tattoo. Fashion <laughs> is my so passion. Corny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my passion, and I've been doing that, you know, since I was a kid. And so. you went to school for it? Yeah, I went to design school. I've worked for a couple of designers. And oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm working on my own jewelry line right now called Gold Blooded. And oh, it's that's all like, cool. Kind of like, um, you know, chains stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you would love it. Like I'm doing the pinky ring line. But it's been a long time making because I'm doing other things too. You know when you, that old quote, "If you're in, you're the jack of all trade, is a master of none." Yeah, you it's do. So true, so you do so much. Do you feel like you spread yourself too, too much, thin? man? It's like a laser. If you have a laser honed in on one thing, it it pierces through the paper or something. Yeah. It, you it, were in a movie. Yeah. You were in the, a movie Free Runner. I was watching the clips that you were <laughs> in. Uh, yes, last night. Oh my god, that movie. Um, that movie. I. I read the script and I thought it was gonna be this like little indie movie. And was it your first movie? Um, no, my first one was I played a hoe and uh, Snoop was my pimp in this movie <laughs> called Bossing Up. I was like this white hoe. <laughs> he pimped me out. <laughs> it's called Bossing Up. Shout out to Snoop Dogg. Don Juan the pimp was like. Did you get that from being in his music videos? So that's how you got into acting. Yes, exactly. And so that that was way back in the day. So that was my first movie. I played a hoe. <laughs> I was like a prostitute. It's amazing. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. At least Snoop Dogg was your pimp. Yeah. yeah. You can't <laughs> ask pimp. for a better pimp. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't ask for a better pimp. I started <laughs> in the pimp game. You don't want to have a no name pimp. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nickel and, and dime ass pimp. <laughs> Gonna start from the top, baby. Right. <laughs> and then you thought Free Runner was going to be. Oh, so I got the script. My manager sent it to me, and he was, um, he was like, it is topless. And I was like, ah. But he's like, it would be really great to get this piece. For your hosting reel, because I was trying to do more hosting mm-hmm. after this time, because they because you can definitely put topless clips on YouTube. Well, no, there's one, <laughs> there's two minutes of topless, but the rest was like super, me superimposed on this ESPN kind of stage. Mm. Yeah, host. that's uh, that's the one I, I that's what I watched on YouTube. Yeah, was yeah. you explaining the right? I'm like the host of this death mm-hmm. game. So he said to just do this movie to get the clips for my hosting reel to get hosting jobs. Well, what happened was <laughs> I did the movie and it was not an indie. There's like a obscure little 
parkour underground cult scene. I don't know if you know of in Europe. And so it became like a cult movie and everybody it was on on demand. And I was like, no, it's the topless movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then my one night my parents like, we're having we're popping or toasting popcorn, we're gonna watch your big movie and on demand. And I failed to mention I was topless because I didn't think they'd see it. And it was on oh, no. on demand. And my sister was in high school at the time. She was like, Yeah, we watched the movie and dad lost it. Because I didn't tell them it was topless. And did and that did that affect well, yeah. I mean, I didn't, because I, I thought no one was going to see it, right? Mm-hmm. It was just going to be this little thing. I don't know why I thought that, but it just, in my head, I was just trying to listen You're to my a big manager. Star. <laughs> yeah, right. So, well, actually, it affects, it even affects me today because that little topless clip, uh, this is 2011, I think, and it was when the, the, you know, the internet still is the Wild West. Anything mm-hmm. can go off. It is the Wild West. I wish I knew that then because then that little topless clip, gets on all these creepy porn sites oh. and they use that as clickbait and they're like, see Casey Durkin in a gangbang and all oh. these creepy things and, and people will look it up and think them in a gangbang but you gotta pay 20 bucks to join the porn site so no one ever does. They're like, just, well, you're in a gangbang and so when you Google me, all this shit comes up about porn and I'm not a porn star and I keep up this All that. publicity is not good no, publicity. No, it is not true and there's no laws to protect me. I, I had to hire a, a lawyer for a cease and desist Oh, to really? get all these clips down, and it was just from that one topless scene. And they do this from a, a lot movie, of, like from, a, a, from not a porn. It was exactly just, from like a real movie. That from was a big real in movie. So then I, I found this out. I get a job interview. I went to a job interview. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was for fashion, and they uh, they were like, "We really love you. You're a great candidate." However, and there's no judgment. You're uh, you know that type of work you did before doesn't align align with our company values. And, and was, you didn't get the job? No, I of? didn't. I was like, no, but I'm not a porn star. It's clickbait. Like, no, no, no. I'm not in a gangbang. Like, I swear it's not me. I know. But Damn. It's all they... from that topless movie. So I, I have to just get another person to do it. It's just a constant kind of thing that I have to work at to get it offline. You're still dealing with it. Yeah. I, yeah. That's cr- it, <laughs> does that affect, and like, it affects your business now, but I don't know. Do you feel like it does it though? Comedy? I think it's funny. You, I think yeah. it's, I get it. it does anyone that knows me know I'm not on the interracial gaming. Yeah, online. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you, and that's why I thought it was funny, kind of. And then it's like actually, if it's kind of not. Like if I have kids, might not be cool. If so anything, so it this, feeds your comedy though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this goes back to my original. So there's only less to do. <laughs> my original point though, you have all these crazy stories. Wow, you don't <laughs> thank you have all these amazing stories you get that no but you you don't talk about it a lot on stage no. do you feel like this spirituality has opened you up and allowed you to i feel like this is now yeah. a spirituality podcast yeah. You're but not watching uh, joe rogan <laughs> exactly <laughs> but do you feel like um you said it helps your storytelling do you feel Definitely. like you're going to be able to be more open on stage i think so back? i think it's helped and also getting my parents blessing you know they know uh, sometimes i think they don't know how crazy i've been or a while because you know they're pretty like they're proper you know old school boston people like yeah. really you know shout out my parents <laughs> shout out so the, the, the Durkin. <laughs> yeah. and so i've always been a little hesitant because i you know because i don't want to i come from that t- a very proper family yeah so i don't you know just why like... i bowed when i did it. <laughs> they're not <laughs> asian are you an aristocrat <laughs> um so it, it just made me kind of hesitant but i've recently got my parents blessing and they know me they know that if i can use this as you know, to use satire as a way to express like what you've been through in life and mm-hmm. use it to transmute different kinds of pain you've been through, then that's what comedy is, right? Exactly. And they, they know that, but I'm still scared, like, but I did I tell you I did meth? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to learn. <laughs> do you want, why, how did you, why did you do meth? Oh. 
<laughs> you can't just well, drop no, that I in. I, I'm not a meth head, I swear. Actually, I did it by accident. I, uh, I got... It goes way back. I got scouted by... Uh-oh, the police heard it. Yeah, coming. I know. <laughs> now I'm paranoid. Um, I was like 19 years old, and I was in LA, and an agent for Elite Models came up to me and gave me her car, and she was like, I'd really like to, to represent you, but you got to lose like three pounds. That's and so then call me when you lose three pounds. So I was like, okay. So Three I, pounds. Three pounds. Because I'm not, I'm like 5'8". I'm not as tall as a lot of, like, a model height. But if you're, you have to re- be so really. Cr- I don't know anything about, when you're like, three pounds, and when you're like, I'm not as tall as model. Like, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, you like, gotta be, like, back, it, curves weren't cool back then. Like, it was around 2005. Like, curves were not mm-hmm. it, you know. So, basically, you ha- I had to lose three pounds. Because if you're not tall, you're gonna be real thin. Like, Kay Moss is like 5'7". You know, she's yeah. super thin. Because she's not super tall. So. I don't know that, but I'm <laughs> saying yeah. <laughs> I don't know Kate Moss's uh, <laughs> yeah. dimensions. Because <laughs> you're not gay. <laughs> not a f- oh, We're getting canceled. <laughs> everybody love everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we edit that? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bleep it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they <laughs> tell you to lose. Oh, so what did I do? Did I get a gym membership? Did I, you know, go for a run? No, I got like three eight balls and <laughs> thought I would lose it the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned <laughs> way, three eight balls. And then my dealer, uh, actually, he, he gave me meth. I think it was by accident. He gave me like, the, it was ice, right? And it, I no, didn't know I don't know any of these things. <laughs> ice is like a, what? It's, it's super meth. And I thought it was coke. I really don't think he ever meant to give it to me. Yeah. And so then I was up for a week and I, I was going crazy. I was, but I was getting there. I was losing the weight. <laughs> you had lost two pounds at two, that yeah, point. Yeah, I was like, actually, I lost about 10. I went oh. a little over. And then I was going to uh, fashion school at the time and I OD'd on campus. All I remember, I don't remember it. I just know the ambulance came, took me off of campus because I was, you know, I probably stayed up for a week. I was super skinny. But I was, you know, getting that sleeping. contract and I was staying up all night doing my fashion projects. So then I, I don't really remember what happened. I know I OD'd on campus, and then they took me away on an ambulance, and I got suspended from school. And I had to, I woke up in a hospital in downtown LA, and my mom came out, and then I had to go back to Boston, and I went to rehab, and then I never got the contract. Because <laughs> then I got suspended from school, and I had to leave LA for like a year, and I had to get back in, and I just focused on finishing my degree at that point. How long did it take you to bounce back after that? Because I feel like that's a pretty, not not to speak for yeah. you, but that's a pretty low place. Did it take yeah. you, a, a, were you in a dark place mentally? Did Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not a drug addict, so it, it wasn't like I was fiending for drugs. I just went a little yeah. too far on that, and... Exactly. Uh, I lost everything. I embarrassed my parents. I, mean, I got kicked out of school. Yeah, but how long did it take you to kind of bounce back? It did took you me like um, it was about. I had to go to uh, rehab for like six months, and then I stayed here and uh, I moved back to LA. And I, I wrote back to you know I had to go through a, a meeting with the school my advisors to get back into school. They let me finish my degree, and then I entered the Miss Los Angeles pageant because I was trying to be sober. I thought it was a good goal and you, you have to, to be, be miss los angeles yeah and i and i won which oh wow congratulations only, thanks but i only did it to like stay because out of rehab i needed to focus but and, you did it you, f- and you I stuck won. to your goals <laughs> thanks yeah because you know you gotta work out every day there's a swimsuit competition so i thought it was a really good positive thing for me to be involved in mm-hmm. and so i won miss los angeles and i went to miss california where i fucked it all up again how'd and you fuck up miss california <laughs> Well, I was so like I wasn't doing any drugs, but I figured um, when I, what's the thing that gets you like stage fright? What's the worst thing? Stage fright when you're on, that makes you nervous. Right? Yeah, I get it every day. Right. Yeah. So that I, you know, I was good at everything else. Like I, you know, I, 
I was Miss LA, I was going in there, so the only thing that got me was a stage fright. So what do you do to combat that? Xanax. <laughs> right? That's the thing. So I snuck all these Xanax bars in my vitamins. And You're like, I'm doing it with vitamins, <laughs> so it's healthy. <laughs> so it's a shortcut. Again, how you yeah. can't take shortcuts in life. You can't, you know, do drugs to get skinny. And you just got to deal with stage fright, you know? But mm-hmm. I thought I beat the system in Miss California because I took Xanax there. And it, it killed the stage fright, but it also made me fall asleep. <laughs> and like, just I was, off. Yeah, well, I was just really tired. We had like a lot of dance rehearsals. It was three days, and e- everyone's losing weight because of the stress and everything. Yeah. So the day of the show, I, uh, I had the highest points going into the, the top five, mm-hmm. and the, it was time to take the questions out of the ball. And this is going to Miss California. You win Miss California, then you go to Miss USA. It's mm-hmm. Miss Universe. Like I was, yeah, yeah I was. You I were was, on the track. I was on track. I was top five. Then the first girl that picks the question out of the fishbowl, it was so basic. It was like. What would you do to? Ch- uh, what's your favorite color? It was so basic. It was so easy. Mm-hmm. So then the other girl that ended up being the last one, of uh, the top five. Um, and then my question was, what would you do to change the educational system of America? Oh, jeez. Oh, and I heard that. I'm so. I mean, come on. After those like a girl. Yeah, got like the what's best your favorite one, color? Come on. And I heard the crowd go, oh, like they were mad. I got that question because I had the highest points going into the top five. Oh. And so it wasn't just the question. Um, I answered, and I still believe this. I said, well, you know, it has everything to do with the parents. So teachers can only do so much. I think the parents have to instill discipline and education when they get home. But the way it came out <laughs> was, well, I think it has everything to do with the parents, and uh, there's only so much that <laughs> teachers can do. Peace. <laughs> and like, it's just, it just, wheels came off, Sam. And so uh, then they named the winner. I was fourth run up, which means you, which means you fucked up the worst. When you're fourth run up, means you fucked up the question because oh. it's all about the final question. But you got the hardest question. Right, but it's like, oh, was it's this so gut wrenching. So the agency told you to lose three pounds, and like you were stressed out. And you said all these girls are losing weight for the pageant. I know two separate things, but is this that's something in the community that's like pushed upon you? You can't even. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is yeah. that is that something that you were dealing with? Did you feel stressed to like? Oh, you know, I think it was uh, just the uh, the people in the crowd. Like it's mm-hmm. that you know, I think it's the pressure of the final question. That's really. You can be really good in gowns and bikinis, but it all comes down to that final question. You can't plan it. You can be up on all current events. There's even a, I had a pageant coach, and she even had a book of like potential final questions, and she would go back. We would do it like de- debate team. Like I was trained for this, and then because I took a Zanny bar, you took the <laughs> shortcut. I took the shortcut, so it's shortcuts never work. Yeah, but you are really confident on stage oh, when thanks. you do stand up. You are. You're a very confident performer. Thank have you, you do you still feel stage fright or have you kind of got all gotten... the time yeah and it, i think that yoga i, I did a couple shows before cro- covid on you uh, on yoga <laughs> stand up <laughs> yoga when i did it on yoga i meant like i did yoga before mm-hmm. um and i just felt such a difference i felt really centered i think you're always gonna have stage fright or at least i will i do too are you you don't seem like it you are so chill and laid back That's every time no i see you su- you're super funny Super chill. You got a laid back look too. It makes you. It makes you really likable. Oh, I appreciate that. I never feel it. I even when I do this podcast, I always. I'm just a nervous person. No, I, you're I not. I try dude. to. I try to like push it down and hide it. No, I don't get that vibe at all. I just don't. I think you're super laid back and cool. So I want to be like you on the stage. I see you as having that vibe. Oh, I appreciate and that. And I feel me. I'm like. Like I'm still a little bit like I feel the, I feel like it's sw- we switch places because I feel the same way. Really? Well, you, you hide yeah. it, man. You when I um first saw you, 
You speak your mind on stage. I don't know how to put it without it. It's a good thing. Thank I appreciate you. that you don't give a fuck what give a jokes fuck. you tell. And it seems like you've kind of lived your life that way of you want to do what you want to do. Definitely. I mean, I have a different perspective. Like I've, you know, the me, I think the Me Too whole thing is so super whack. Like I've lived out there. It's like these girls know what they're doing. They're going to a hotel room like Harvey Weinstein, a married man. They know what they're getting into. So I'm not a feminist. I'm not talking about that. No. Because you've lived that life. I lived it. It's like, you know, you get, what about these guys? They knew what they were doing. You know, I think the whole thing is. is Do you think that um, holds you back being so yourself? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, this town is not what it used to be. Like Boston? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's super. This is yeah. a super PC town. So yeah. oh, I feel 100%. like I'm already canceled. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh. canceled before I got here. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the people who have been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were. But did that ever, um, did that hurt you out in L.A.? Or were you more, were you more like trying to play the game out there? Well, that's a really good question. Um, you know, Hollywood's a really lecherous, depraved town. And I've dealt with a lot of people out there. And some some of the directors from the writers are amazing. Like, I've worked with some great people, but... A lot of times the producers are the sleazy ones, and like I've had it like my last thing in LA when I my final straw, I was in this movie. I was super excited it was gonna come out. I had the opening lines. Oh, and what, what, what's the movie? Well, we can't mention the movie because okay. I'm gonna talk shit. Oh, okay, so. yeah, true. <laughs> no snitching. I'm not. No snitching. Exactly. Yeah, no snitching. No snitching. I I, bro- I break my own rules every right? single show. No snitching. No so snitching. this producer, it, it was shot, and I was all excited about. It. And the producer asked me to go to lunch, asked me to go to dinner. I was like, oh, don't, because I could tell my intuition was like the carrot, you know. You, and yeah. he still had the power. He could edit me out, edit me out. And so I I felt that I just felt it. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I'm really, I'm too nice for a lie. I'm like, yeah, okay. Maybe I was playing it too because it was kind of like, sure, yeah, let's get dinner, let's get drinks. And I kind of never did. And so mm-hmm. then I went out, the movie premiere, I was all excited, brought my girlfriends, sat down, I was cut out of the whole thing. Damn. I know, Cole. And I know it, it there, there was no reason to. It was part of the script. You know, the writer was like, I'm really sorry. It was, and the guy had a sleazy reputation. So these, like, the girls that were, that, that it's just whack. It's a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, and you're not playing the game. I'm not playing the game. So, if, you know, you're not playing the game, get out of Get you do that with stand. You do that with stand up too. That's you don't you don't play the game. Yeah, I feel the like game. there is a game and um, Yeah, if you subscribe to a certain school of thought, then you'll get booked and you know, I'm not a sheep. It's I try to it's so funny. I um I try to like walk the line. Yeah. I try to get as much as I can out without making too many people yeah. upset because I still have this. I don't know if it's only child thing mm-hmm. or what, but I just want to please everyone. Me too. I'm I like, know, just but nice, no, man. you don't want to please everyone. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean in a good way. Like you are, you look. That's why I mean you're confident. Is like Thanks. you don't care if people are gonna get mad at what you say because you can back it up. Yeah, right. I've lived that life. Exactly. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you have stories to back it up. Thanks, and ma'am. I do. You think that's your next? Um, comedy goal. I don't want to speak for you. Yeah. Is to kind of do your observations and then have the stories on stage to back it up. Yes, like I want to stream it together. And I think you know, with storytelling, it's more laid back. It's not. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it could get me more into my style, my groove. I'm still finessing my style on stage, so yeah. I think it's going to transition my style a little bit more laid back, like we were talking. Because when you storytelling, you are laid back. It, exactly. And there's always truth in it. So I think what I'm trying to do now is just work on the message, you know, and make it spin your old things into positives. Yeah, you kind of you have to have a message. I yep. think 
I, I don't want to speak for any com- any comedian, but I I enjoy like inappropriate jokes <laughs> when in quotation marks when they have like not like when the person isn't dumb who's saying the joke. Like there okay. has to be a little bit of substance to it. I don't like yeah. Not I the, don't know. It's, it's shock value. You don't want the. It's yeah. Just well, I like if you can do shock value and be smart with it. Mm-hmm. I love it, and I don't. Uh, you can be smart with it in many ways. I think you're smart with it. I too. think you're a really cerebral comedian. I do. Oh, I, I, that's why I liked you from the beginning. You're I appreciate that. How long? What made you want to? You said you started stand up in September. September. Yes. What made you want to get into that? Well, I think um, just having control because of having worked in Hollywood and being kind of like. You're a bitch to a man that makes a decision, you know, and, and you're also, a hoe on your first role. You were hoeing, you know, <laughs> but you're always at the mercy of someone's decision mm-hmm. or this. And also, I wasn't really inspired by the kind of scripts I was getting. Like it was like you're saying these words that you don't even feel and you like, and the story's not. So I thought that maybe I'll try. You know, there are amazing story writers and screenwriters. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that about the, about the whole town, but right. I was just at the point where I was seeing that. So I thought I'd have control over it. And with stand-up, you write your own material it's just story of your life and i thought it was a, just a, a great tr- answer to having control and it's just you you know it's have just to you it's not like and, and i always get like dumb stripper you know i'm always typecast as a hoe and that's not <laughs> i who don't want to do that no, no no and that's why when you see when i see you on stage you're very strong you're very oh thank it's you so, sam it's so funny because i don't want you said you're you think the Me Too movement is wacky. You talk about how you think like feminism. You're not. Yeah. Up in, but you it's are. It's like we have rights. So it's like but you are. Uh, it's so sh- funny. But you are like a feminist in the way that it sh- not should be. I don't want to speak for yeah. it. But like you're very strong. You're very forward. You speak Thank your mind. You. And you also care about the scene. And especially I think. Of course. I've, I care about the community. And, and yeah. You, you, know, sta- also you stand up for people in the community. Yes. Yeah. And you know just. It's, just trying to support women too. I think that's really mm-hmm. important. Not being like, I, I just think that feminism demonizes men, and that's why I have a problem with it. You know, I'm all, I, I, I don't like the the way they they speak of men. They, you know, we don't need them. No, we need a man. Like Adam and Eve. You know, remember the, remember the Bible. Uh, you know, we, uh, we, we need are each getting other. we're, we're actually we're, podcast, we're actually <laughs> getting religious on this podcast. Men and women aren't the same. They should never be the same. You know, that that's yeah. why they coincide in in the, the yin and the yang of it. So I think when we the feminists say we don't need a man. Like, no, like, I need a dude. Yeah. You know, and so that's where it comes from. I don't hate or feminists. Or you want one. Yes, exactly. I don't need, exactly, I don't need, yeah. yeah. I don't need a man, but, you know, <laughs> it's just like how we're, how we're made. I think that they bring each other's qualities out. The yin out. and yang. It's a yin and yang, man yeah. and woman. We're not the same. I don't want to do hard labor. I don't want to fucking drive a backhoe. Like, no, I don't want the same fucking job. Oh, yeah, job. what's your job going to be when you come back? <laughs> when, I don't know, you come dude. Back, what do you want to do? I'm what do you want to do? Scared. Um, but I, w- I definitely want to, um, I'm working on a couple things now. I'm kind of doing like a one woman show and oh, trying really? to make it, I, I don't want, eh, there I go. It's, you know, when you talk about it before you actually do it, Yeah, I, but maybe I do that me, all the time. Maybe yeah. they'll uh, give me a, you know, a little bit. Of yeah. Now that's on record. It. Yeah. Now that, now you guys are waiting for it. Um, I'm going to do like a one woman show, I think, and maybe not cheesy burlesque, but kind of make it cool. Cause I. Did this that topless show with Ani? Ani, Ani pardon me. Well, I'm high right now. Jamie, <laughs> you're religious. You're I'm like we were second te- hand high right now. Um, <laughs> I told you I'm that would happen. <laughs> I know. And he's like, you might get high. And I'm like, no, I'm a beast. Damn. So, uh, pardon me, not with Ani, with ja- uh, Jamie Lee. We did talk about it a lot, though. What? You and I, the show. Yes. Yeah, that's probably why you thought of me. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Ani. So, Ani and I were just talking about this show. Uh, Jamie Lee put it on. Shout out, Jamie Lee. And it was a topless comedy show for mm-hmm. BLM. And she was getting a lot of hate on the internet over it. So I was like, 
fuck that. I don't like to see someone, you know, get you get made fun of like that. They were roasting her, and I know her heart. Like, she really was about supporting Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. She makes money from OnlyFans naked, so it's, it, it's a perfect I com- think combination. She only shows her boobs. Oh, my bad. No, I'm not outing her. I haven't <laughs> seen it, but yeah, she doesn't make I money. I just want to make sure that, that she said that on the last podcast she was on here, so I just want to make oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I haven't seen it. I just, my bad. You don't subscribe uh, to all. You don't subscribe to OnlyFans. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so yeah, she. That's how she makes money. So I can see where her head's at. She's trying to use what she does. So, but they took it as like the you know, just all feminist. That's another thing. They were like, oh, how could you do this? Showing your body for black people. Like it's not what we want. It's shut the fuck up. The girl's doing what she can to help the movement. So that's why mm-hmm. I allied with her. I love. I like Jamie Lee too. And uh, I went topless in the movie, so why not raise money with them? Exactly. And I, did you have to hire another lawyer for this? <laughs> oh, I will, though, eventually. <laughs> but I made it more props. Like, I did. I made a surgical mask, uh, a bra, so I, w- oh. I, I wasn't topless, so I did my Corona You played the bra, game. And then I was, went to Newport Pasties that I made. So the costumes I made, so I think I might want to do something, but then I'm like, am I going to be a clown? Does that feel clown? I was like, I got these props. I'm going to mm. go on stage. You know, there's a fine art, so I'm trying to find the artistic line to kind of do like a... A performance piece with yeah. prop, like things I make, like more outfits, but not be a clown. So, because you know how it can get mad clowny, dude. I've seen it can. I know fucking bozos do that shit. I <laughs> it's have a background in fashion, so that's like right. Perfect. So I'm trying to like, fuse my whole life together. Yeah, you you do you feel like you as you get older, um, mm-hmm. you want to focus more mm-hmm. because you said you were spread thin. Oh my god, yeah. Back to the um. To that, you know, like, it was like I was saying it was like a laser, right? Mm-hmm. And if the laser is kind of, you know, drifting, it's not as bright of a light. But if you hone the laser on one thing, it's, it burns a paper, burns exactly, a table. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of like where I'm at. I'm doing fashion, hosting, you know, comedy, and then I'm trying to do costume design. So it's like, bitch, pick something, you know? But I love them all so much. I'd love them all. And so if I could get something to fuse them together, I think that I would feel happy. Yeah, you just have to get big in comedy and then have your own fashion line. Right. That, well, that's exactly what I want to do, but it's like... <laughs> yeah, I know. When do you think you're going to go back to Mike's? Well, um, I'm going to do that show. I'm sh- I'll try to find out what it is to plug it on the 25th. And then, I don't know, I'm kind of waiting to see if you guys get sick first. <laughs> you're the guinea pig. <laughs> if you're still walking around next week, then I'll go. But uh, let me know how it goes, Sam. I'm yeah. just still a little hesitant. I, I understand. I yeah. try to stay outside as much okay. as I can. And then uh, wear a mask. Don't touch too much stuff. Yeah. It's what like about the mic? Like, how, how do you guys do that? They all wipe it down. Oh, they, they have do? Like, w- Between sanitize- each? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, at a skew last night, they had, like, a sanitizer bottle, and they spray it down. And okay. Wipe it in between every comedian. Okay. You do as much as you can. Right. I mean, we can't live you our life scared, you know? Do it for the scared, love you know? of the game. Yeah, exactly. right? You charge it to the game. <laughs> <laughs> Die and doing what I love. <laughs> I can't do you. <laughs> Did you even do what you love if you didn't die over it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'll be all my artwork will get famous after I die. Wasn't there that one comedian in the beginning that had it? I remember hearing he was in the scene, and he got Anthony it. Mothra? Pardon me. Anthony Mothra? Oh yeah, he was like the second. This guy was the first. You're like, no, it was like it was super it's like, shocking. Who's the comedian who got it first? <laughs> who can get the joke in first? Oh my god, only only the one that gets it. Yeah. Can have the joke. That's a real problem I'm having with my writing. Is um. There's not much to write about that I feel like n- everyone's not writing about. And, right, and then and when I go into myself, I feel like I dig too deep sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or you writing. feel like it's, oh, because someone did this joke, now I can't do this thing. You had are like-minded people, so those things are going to come up. So do exactly. you still do it even though someone might have touched on it? 
Early, early in the scene, I had a joke about repressed memories uh-huh. that was very similar to a Kyle Kinane joke about repressed memories, and I got huh. called out for it. Well, th- that, yeah, and that, then that I can stopped happen. doing it, and then after that, I felt so bad about getting called out for it that I was like, I like, I don't know, like I didn't even know that I was copying that one. It was like just a similar joke that I try not yeah. to do any jokes that are like anyone else. Which is a shame because, you, you know, know, we're all in the kind of the same frequency and we pick up on the same stories. Exactly. And, and it can happen so easy. And then I get, I feel... There's a saying in metal, uh, Black Sabbath wrote all the good lyrics all the Ah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's... Pretty much. But <laughs> I feel like... Your, mu- your music career, too. That's why <laughs> storytelling is right, the best thing because it is 100% personal. But you have to be good at it. I um, yeah. I feel like I lose the intre- the crowd's interest like halfway no through way. a story. You wrote plays. I mean, you're a real writer, so I don't see how that could be hard for you. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you. I can be like, how do you get nervous? You are hosting fucking Maxim. It's like you yeah. still you still get that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, you I are, do. Uh, you are so funny on that. I was watching Thank your you, clip. Sam. I know we keep saying we're gonna play it, but we're not. <laughs> you can you can just Fuck look it. we yeah, can just it look it up on YouTube. Plug. Casey Durkin on YouTube. We played a clip. You yeah. know where to look for yeah. it. Um, Thank you, Sam. I appreciate no, it. No, but you were when you're interviewing, you're very fast and quick on your feet. Thank joking. you. Was comedy ever something you wanted to do, or was it kind of like you were just funny? I, w- off I the always cuff? did, but I was way too scared, like way too scared. So and you had other shit you wanted to do. Yeah, I, d- I did, and I just I was like, no, there's no way, because I, I respect the art form so much. I just I loved it, but I never thought I could really do it. So, mm-hmm. but you want to do it once, you know, you you bomb the first six. I mean, I'm still bombing too. It's, it's I bombed. You, you do the same stuff, and then you do on Monday. You d- but you'll probably do the same stuff and you'll kill. You know, it's yes. there's so many factors in it. So, well, you you uh, you are a real comedian. You won the improv. A uh, 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 competition at Improv Thank Boston. Thank you, Sam. You of knew course. about that. Yes, that I did. I do my research. I'm a good host. <laughs> Shout out Anthony Massa. He put it on. He's the best. Uh, the yes. <laughs> he can do the Corona joke second. Yeah, he's gonna. <laughs> he's gonna have the best Corona jokes. You know it too. He's probably <laughs> waiting, waiting, just waiting to do them. <laughs> he has to wait two weeks. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> yeah, that All was right. super fun. That was a competition, which is so. It's almost impossible to. Uh, have a competition for comedians. They're totally different people. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the different stories, different styles. Like one, there was a, a couple of the guys in it, and they were all really great. But ha- comparing us is super hard. There's all these things that go into it. Exactly. Factors uh, the crowd clap. So if the crowd is more of a weed crowd, they're gonna not laugh at my stuff. You know, it's mm. like there's a you know certain people that talk about weed stories that they're not gonna, that they relate to. Yeah, exactly. But you won. Yeah, I won. That's it was awesome. Super cool. I w- How long? I won the, I won the trash belt. The trash bill. So no one can ever say it. I, bitch, amazing. I am trash. You want to call me trash? You have it hanging up above yes. your trash can. <laughs> <laughs> I am trash, baby. <laughs> it was hard because you have to kind of strategically plan your set because mm-hmm. you have to get voted uh, voted in. You have to get the vote. Um, the yeah, the clap stuff. off. It's the clap off. So you do your first set, so then you have to kind of plan on being in the finals because let's say you blow your wad in the first set. Then, yeah. then you come back for the finals and it's like, oh, shit, that was all my good material. So I had to kind of strategically do it so where oh my offensive stuff was in the end you know because if they mm. like the beginning i know they're gonna like you know the more raw stuff so exactly kinda, you kind of you really got to go in there like understand the crowd too do you when you first started writing was it 
more offensive stuff or did that kind of build as you were growing uh beginning was like all sex and drugs and uh, sex drugs rock and roll sex drugs rock and roll baby i mean it's still <laughs> it's it still is but now i'm trying to uh be more conscious about it i'm smarter now um so i did it like maybe in 2014 in la and i didn't record anything but i started it a little bit like it Oh, you did stand up I out did. There? Oh, that. But I did. I did. I was with this guy that hated that I got on stage. He's like, you know, just doesn't like oh. his woman talking. Like, so I thought I was going to marry him. And I kind of quit because I, I just, I, you know, I didn't. You can't really write about. Uh, what am I going to write about when you're in love? It's like you're happy. Exactly. It's like, yeah. It really comes from that, like, sadness. So don't you. Have you been in a relationship and done stand up? Yeah. Like, and does uh, it work? Do you want me to start crying right yeah. now? <laughs> it doesn't work. You gotta no, it works so well. <laughs> God damn it. I want to <laughs> go back. Oh my god! No, I'm just it's kidding. Really hard. No, I actually really enjoyed it because um, the person I was with really enjoyed the jokes I would say about us. Like, okay, yeah, they my enjoyed my sense too. of humor, so it worked out for me. So okay. I could say really dark stuff about us on stage, uh-huh. and she would laugh at it. Yeah, it's so hard. Like yeah, my but ex came to my show and like I that my jokes were this one thing about him worked so much better for broken up because I tried it when we were together and then like we broke up and oh. it, it was better because like you use different things and so he came he was like I'm gonna come to your show and I was like fuck so I had to like redo it all to be with him because uh, I didn't want to embarrass have, him in front of his friends yeah. so it's just things like that like it's just it's I super have a hard. It, yeah that's a problem <laughs> when going back to like doing the jokes pre-quarantine now. Yeah, I was thing, I was right. broken up with right at the beginning of quarantine. Okay. So all my pre-quarantine jokes were about me being in a relationship. Right. So like now I have to rework the jokes about it not being and I don't have the same passion yeah, for it anymore. Dude, so that's why, that's no. why I'm like no because like I have to almost rewrite all it's like I lost 70% of my material. Right, you that know happens. What I mean? Yeah. Like, I can't talk about the stuff I talk about because you'll get a lot of things. Like and also, I feel bad about Like, I don't want to not. Yeah, then you it, don't it, let me. It, then seem, you don't fuck it with seems me. like I'm talking shit now if I do the jokes when we're not together. When oh, before, I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, when we were together, it, was, it wasn't talking shit because, mm-hmm. like, we were together. But now that we're broken up, if I do the jokes, it's almost like I'm, like, talking shit about her. Oh, so yeah. It's like, and I don't want to do that either. Exactly. It's, it's not, uh, it's not it's worth it. It's low hanging fruit, you know? Yeah. So, but. That's my problem is I'm yeah. I'm not I don't have that spark yet to get the writing back and don't you dare say anything about Muse or Stephen Pressfield or any of that shit because I know I everybody know. love everybody <laughs> but I uh, I just need to get that spark back in writing. You it's, got it, baby. You're gonna be good. Oh, thank you. When I first saw you, you were amazing. Like I said, you have that really cool style, and I knew you were smart. Like you talk about uh, observational, which I think is the hardest part of comedy, really. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, you said you're working on a uh, jewelry line. Yeah, gold blooded. Was so you studied fashion? Was yes. Did you study? Was jewelry your focus? I went to another school for jewelry, so I learned like oh, soldering. Wow. Uh, I'm not that good at it. It's 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 kind of scary. Yeah, you know, I know, did it in high school. It's men's work. Yeah. Like, like you know, I'm, so I'm, I'm collaborating with another designer that has a facility, like the the facility. Oh, that's and he great. He does the oven shut. Like it's really dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but so, you um, enjoy your Yeah, I learned the that. essentials of it and uh, you know, gemology, all you know, we learned all that stuff. So, as far as doing it, like I'm I'm still a little scared of it. So, I I basically can do a little bit and kind of collab with this guy that can put it in a kiln and all those really dangerous things. How did you, was fashion something that you were always into? You said you studied yes. it. Was that I have a passion for fashion. You have a passion <laughs> for fashion. <laughs> okay. Um, but that was 
Like, yeah. is that your main? Is that that's your main? My, thing? Yeah, I'm always gonna. Yeah, that's what I love it. I mean, I I love making clothes. You just need a lot of money to have all you know your line. So I'm just trying to like save mm-hmm. a little bit, and then you spend it, so you want the money back. And I'm building it, you know. Thought, so I thought that. I could use my comedy money for fashion, but when you don't make comedy money, yeah, you don't. You don't make com- fashion. You don't. Make, you lose comedy money. I lose comedy money. I drove up so to that, New Hampshire. I gotta rewrite that part. Yeah, spent thirty dollars on gas for twenty dollars oh at a gig. God, that, it's such. It's. A I love it though, and, and yeah. I'm from the Cape. You were just on the Cape. Yeah. I live on the Cape, and I drive to Boston when things are open up. Almost every night. So yeah, I've seen you hustling. Like you are at every mic. But you spend so much money on gas and stuff. That's like I'm not making money on comedy. I'm losing all my money. But I love it. I love it. And it's that's what you got to do. You got to spend money to make. You got to spend right. Which I've done so many times. Like okay, well the making money part hasn't happened. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Do you? Looking back, do you wish you had just like focused on fashion more? Or are of you? Of course. I mean, yeah. I have friends that have bought houses. Like my, my dad's a realtor, <laughs> yeah. and he's always like kind of fucking with me about. It. He's like, sold another one of your classmates at home today, <laughs> and they have babies. You know, her husband and her. Like, you know, she has a job at. T- my dad's dream is for me to work at TJX. It's like this. I thought you were it's to say like TJ Maxx. So it's like, you it's like the main... can work at TJ Maxx whenever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, TJX is like the um they, they're he sells a lot of people homes from that work for TJX cuz they they um it's like this crazy salary, but it's for mm-hmm. me it's like where fashion goes to die. Mm-hmm. It's like to be a fashion designer and work there and he's like he has a plug there for me to work and he's like can't wait for you to start that. It's like no, I would die. I just don't. I mean, I've worked for fashion companies and I've done the 9 to 5 and I just hate it so much. I just want my own thing. You want your own thing? Yeah. And it's I'll probably have to go back to it, like, if, you know, at the end of or COVID. Or yeah, get TJ Maxx. No, <laughs> I can't. Just you the you idea of, like, just, it's just. You don't want to be a Maxinista. <laughs> so it's like the ultimate if you work for the corporate. A passion for Maxim? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I can. They, they can't. No. But they, it's like my. So, yeah, my dad always tells me when he sells another one of my friends a house. So, to answer your question, I do wish I went, like, you know, the 401k. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have done that, and I've, st- I've I could still do that, but maybe more on a freelance level. Would you level. have been dead inside? I would have been dead inside. Do you want to be? Don't you want to be a little bit free? I do, but do I also like, like the, the structure, especially now. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah. Do you? But see, you're you're finding the spirituality. Thanks. Going back to it being a spirituality podcast, and the the things you are going into, you can use your past. In like exactly, this is a self help podcast. Yeah, so you, right, you don't so want to look using def- everything. That's right. You can use your past for yep. the the future exactly. and your storytelling and stuff. It is tough to write stories as stand up, like yeah. to sit down and write a story out with jokes. It's kind of like, uh, it's I don't know. I get very. Um, it's hard to write stories out for me. Definitely, because you're exposing yourself. I mean, yeah. Do you have uh do you try to make a schedule for yourself of writing or no? No, I mean well I, I listened to this um other podcast not too long ago. It was a Danny Diablo podcast. Don't talk about other podcasts on no, my podcast. It's, it's, no, it's I'm totally just kidding. different. I'm just kidding. I'm just my friend Don was on it and I wanted yeah. to listen and they taught um one of them said something so interesting. He you know, he's a he's the guy's in a band and one of the guys on the show was in a band and he said inspirations for pussies. You get down and you write. Like, you can't wait for insp- oh, inspirations for pussies. That's, you can't yeah. wait for it to come. You gotta get down. You gotta write. That's how he gets through his lyrics. That's how he works on songs for a label for under under a deadline. You gotta 
you got to get down, you got to write. So after I heard that kind of advice, because I'm always waiting for the inspo. And oh, if you're waiting for inspo, no. we have a book for you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the book, yep. Sam? It's called The War of Art by Stephen oh, Pressfield. Oh, someone just recommended that to me. Oh, it someone really just recommended that us. to me. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've heard amazing things. There's that in the artist's way, which I love, which sounds, it sounds kind of... No, but The War of Art, it really, like, it changed my mindset. Are you of just serious? getting down and, like, you don't wait. It's, it's about the you don't wait. The muse doesn't come to you. You have to sit down and wait, and the muse will like. Ooh, uh, that's a bad way to putting that it. That is a bad way. Right. To uh, let me say <laughs> no. You you like the muse won't be there when you sit down to write. Like you're not just gonna write your best stuff. You have to sit there and wait and yeah. wait until the muse finally comes. Is that a better way to put yeah. it? Yeah. You you just said the same thing twice. Well, yeah. why don't you explain <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, I think I'm on my knees the best way that I can put it is if you're an um he he starts off with like a list of like the top ten things that are like the most resistance. Like um and if you if you find yourself in that category, that book is for you. That's the best way that I can describe it. It just like it will just help you break through any like creative wall block. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's it was really just good. recommended me too. Yeah, now yeah. I, I did a to. horrible job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really bad at selling. I'm sorry. You're not gonna be an agent. <laughs> I actually I had a a dream the other day where I was like. I want to write a book one day. Yeah, I, know, I think you should. I mean, I, you wrote in screenplays. That's probably easier to write a book than a screenplay. Do you do any non um, non comedy writing? I have. I've wor- I've done a couple articles. I want to get back into doing. Do you journal at all? I don't because I'm too afraid my mom is gonna find it. Like I'm looking at with my mom right now, and like I don't want her to see that. So I'm like, la- oh, I'll la- just stay in my head. On a laptop's good. That even scare. I see that scares me that it's gonna be on. The, I, I feel like it's gonna. I have be one hacked. of those fingerprint <laughs> MacBooks that oh, you have to have. Oh, so it's security, yeah. But I um I definitely want to get more into you know it's writing tough, an op ed yeah. or something like that. I'm working on something. I did one about leaving LA, and like my experience you with me wrote too. A book? No, I wrote an op ed, but I haven't. Oh, I oh. didn't submit it to like. I just kind of stopped doing it because all the other girls came out. I just thought it was overdone the Me Too thing, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of my perspective of LA and how I think. But in a like not kind of cool with all these girls. Oh that really? They so were doing. Yeah, maybe I should release it. I, I just you should. How long yeah. have you? You worked on it for? Yeah, I worked on it. Like, it was the beginning of the Me Too thing, but there's so much. It's just kind of like maybe Yanni said that this book. Like you have so much, you just like okay, let me pick something. <laughs> this is a uh, a self help podcast, yeah. so I'll spit some, some more self help at you this time. Uh, I need no, help, Sam. Please help me. No, it's <laughs> something I realized about this podcast, and trust me, everyone listening, I know it's not good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it's like it doesn't. Everybody, you know, you have to try your hardest, but yep. that's gonna be whatever that is, and you just have to release it. Like, yep. if you don't release it, then it's never gonna be released. So, like, exactly, you just have to start. I had always wanted to start the podcast, and, and you did it. Look at you now. And I got some great help. Shout out, Ani and Irish. And that's a, that's exactly like are you a perfectionist because I am to my. Detriment. I am. I'm to a perfectionist. Detriment. Well, that's. I had a a clip with Lloyd get um a good amount of views and it oh, like was Lloyd. trending. Shout out to Lloyd. Shout out Lloyd Legacy Sharp. He's and, so great. And it was trending on Reddit and one of the comments was like these podcasters fucking suck. 
and oh, it and it got like it got no. like a hundred twenty upvotes. No, it didn't. Yeah, I, it would, did. I would crawl into I my hole and die. But I honestly, it didn't affect me. That I mean, I'm talking about it's it. Your so third you, show. So, so you fuck know. Them. They, so they you know it's affecting me. But no, <laughs> no. But it's honestly like. If I didn't release it, then I wouldn't have gotten the views. I don't care about the oh hate. Oh my god, like, that's a, such a good way to stream it, it into. Like if you you never up, never in. It's so it doesn't really mess. So it's like the op-ed piece. If you just release it, yeah. it's like who cares? Right. Because if you never release it, then you're always. Then you're, gonna, I kind of like not knowing. Oh, I could have been this, or I could have well, been. Well, it's journalist. like a lot I think of not knowing rather than going through the hardship of knowing. <laughs> I could, maybe I'll just do it one day. I give a lot of hate to old people, but I I do think they have a lot to teach. Yeah. And uh, something that most old people say uh-huh. right before they die is that like they wish they had done like wow. more things and had more experiences yep. and you know done things that resistance held them back yeah. from doing. And I'm gonna so be like, I wish I didn't do all this stuff. <laughs> but I, I really wish I didn't go out that night. <laughs> <laughs> But that's kind of how I'm. I try to live my life. Is like uh, the second, the minute before I die, would I be happy with like right. what I do? And, and what uh, would that be? When will I die? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I'm happy no. that I started a podcast. I'm happy be? I put so much time into comedy. Yeah, and I feel like if I keep putting more work in, more if the more work you put in, the more yep. it comes back exponentially, and um. I think that in itself will make me happy if I just keep doing keep what I want to do, it. not kind of fall into the fold. Exactly. And don't read the blogs. Don't read the Yeah, don't read the, don't read don't the comments. Do don't read the comments. Don't ever do the, that. I'm going to add that to the last, the last rule I'm bucked up is don't read the comments. <laughs> yeah, do not. You little spiral. So, yeah, my mom was always like, you know, you got to stop cooking the soup. It's time to serve it because my whole life I've been like, no, like, it's not perfect yet. And so it's something I definitely struggle with. So hopefully that book will open me up a little bit. Well, do you want to uh, plug your Instagram or oh, your yeah. website? I am uh, at Lurkin Durkin, L-U-R-K-I-N-D-U-R-K-I-N. And then Twitter, I am Perk 30 D-U-R-K-Y, P-E-R-C as in Percocet 30. <laughs> Holler. Thank you so much for being on. <laughs> Thank you on. so much, Santa. It was super fun, man. Thank oh, you. I don't know what to do. There we go. <laughs> We're holding shout hands. Shout out, Annie and Iris. Yeah, shout out. Shout out. Shout out, Kings. <laughs> <laughs>